Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is, this is TJ Wilson, a.k.a. Tyson Kidd, and you're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast, established 2019. Direct from the North Wales coast, his verbal skills definitely outweigh his wrestling ability. It's time for British Wrestling's sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer! It's episode 43, and my guest this week is Mr. Simon Hill, the host of Keep It Locked. He's just rebranded the podcast, used to be Gone Gold, it's now Keep It Locked. And he's had some superb guests on internationally and nationally. Here in the UK, he's had quite the array so far. His show goes out weekly, so keep your eyes peeled for that. There'll be tags and posts for his show when we post all this out as well, so you'll be able to find it. Simon has had a long career in broadcasting. He worked at Kerrang Radio. He was on Tim Shaw's evening show, The Late Show, for many, many years. He's done stuff with esports, with gaming as well, hosting events. And he has also worked for BBC, behind the camera and in front of the camera. So he's had a lot of experience within the broadcasting world. So here we go, episode 43, with the host of Keep It Locked, Mr. Simon Hill. Enjoy. It is my absolute pleasure to have the host of Keep It Locked, and also the backstage interviewer and host of TNT Barbed Wire, Mr. Simon Hill, on video today this afternoon how's it going simon they're great man thanks for having me on dude appreciate the invite how are you doing all good man all good just uh tick ticking along ticking along mate you know you've been a busy boy man i've seen that you're getting loads of these out i'm, I'm trying i'm trying my best we had, we had a bit of a, a bit of a break when i spoke to you the other day uh privately obviously so it was like three or four weeks there no interviews and i missed i missed it mate i missed not having anything you know, on the old uh, calendar. So yeah, yeah. Been hammering yeah, a load. And now you're back in. Been hammering a load. You're in amongst the big load, mate. So. Oh, mate. No, thank you very much, dude. I appreciate it. How how's the time been during lockdown, Simon? That's my first question at the moment. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's not been too bad. Like I'm missing a lot. You know, missing kind of being on on you know TV, live radio, and stuff like that. Missing the wrestling, dude. Missing doing all the backstage stuff. Um, but yeah, I've kept busy, man. Like I've been doing a lot of, you know, obviously the podcast has kept me really, really busy. Um, you know, so doing that every week has been really cool. But um, I mean, apart from that, I mean, the gym. The gym has been the hardest thing, dude. Uh, I'm one of those who goes to the gym five, six days a week, uh, tries to keep up with the wrestlers. I'm not very good at it. But yeah, it's just one of those, mate, that I've missed that so, so much. That's cool. That's cool. It's cool that you put the gym in there. That's yeah, cool. I like, yeah. I like that. Nice touch. Yeah, nice touch. Committed, committed, committed as well. I suppose when they're back oh. open. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I've told all of my my family, friends, and and girlfriend everything. You, you're not going to see me as soon as these are back open. <laughs> like, morning and night, mate. I'm going to be there. Right into the wrestling now. I'm going to go way, way back here. When did you first start watching pro wrestling? Um, man, so superstars, um, when I was very, very young, used to be on a Saturday morning, um, I remember watching this big, bald guy wrestling, and I was like, oh, man, 
this is so cool. And it was a, obviously Big Daddy. Um, and I was just like, man, uh, you know, I really started to get into it more and more. I think I had a bit of a break and then I kind of tapped back in, uh, you know, early WrestleManias, um, you know, five and six would be when I kind of caught up. But my, my my biggest memory was, I think it was In Your House 7, which was, uh, was that Shawn Michaels and Diesel, um, which was phenomenal. And you obviously had the WrestleMania as well with Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon in a ladder match. And from then I was hooked. I just loved the whole theatrics. I loved the story telling side of things. Um, and obviously the physicality. When you're young, you're just like, oh my God, like these guys are just kicking seven shades out of each other. <laughs> like, you know, especially that match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. It was so physical. Uh, and especially for the early days as well. It was just, it was unreal. So yeah, I kind of, that's when I started getting serious into wrestling. You know, quite a long time ago now. You've said obviously about a few guys there, Sean, Razor. Yeah. Which guys? Which guys pulled you in? Which guys did you gravitate to? Sean, HBK <laughs> all day. Like that guy, I always wanted to be Sean Michael. So when we used to wrestle in the playgrounds, don't try this at home. When we used to wrestle in the playgrounds or around a friend's house or in back gardens, I was always Sean Michaels. I was always the heartbreak kid. Um, I remember I had the the old. WWF CDs and uh, we used to get a boombox outside play the entrance music and I would do the full spiel and everything yeah it was um, Sean was always one of them in my personal opinion the greatest performer uh, to ever grace the wrestling industry absolutely phenomenal talent I was brat uh, but yeah there was there, there was several several others I think yeah you know I think Sean was definitely the, the, the most the, yeah, the, the biggest influence on me, obviously Stone Cold and The Rock in, in later years, um, Chris Jericho, uh, you know, that guy has just gone, I mean, he's 50 years old and he's still doing lion salts. I mean, <laughs> he's phenomenal. He's the true epitome of a rock star. He really is. So yeah, yeah, a lot of, lot of names, a lot of inspirations. Which events in the wrestling calendar? Did you like which ones did you like watching which events as a kid? Uh, obviously WrestleMania, SummerSlam as well. But I think what I find really underrated was Survivor Series, um, especially in the olden days, um, because the factions that used to be around, and there were also lots and lots of like the talent back in the early days was just oh man, it was unrivaled. Um, so in a Survivor Series, you would have Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, and, and all these guys, you know, again, going against a roster of Diesel, Razor Ramon, and, and Sean, and whoever else. It was just, it was incredible. So, yeah, I think that, um, I would love them to bring King of the Ring back properly, like full-time. Um, again, you know, if you go back when, like, Stone Cold won it, um, and Owen Hart and all those guys, like just phenomenal um, wrestling. I think that that whole era was just like my favorite era. I think Attitude will always, you know, be the most impactful because that's when I started getting into wrestling really serious and really enjoying it. You know, the whole DX, the Rock, the Nation of Domination, things like that. Um, but that whole era of, you know, the King of the Rings and those Survivor Series, like they're the biggest memories, I think, for me. I'm with you, I'm with you on that. All these people, I, Attitude Era was best. And then they talk yeah. about it in the current form now and they slate it. And I, I was more early, early 90s, mid 90s myself yeah. as well. That was my, I, I say, I echo, I echo your sentiments, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, dude. Uh, yeah, it is. The, the, I could talk for hours about this, mate, but uh, yeah, we'll save that for a, for a pub chat, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine, man. That's absolutely fine. Which guys, in your opinion, didn't get to the titles who you felt should have got to titles and, and belts and what have you? Oh, that's a that's a really tough question. Um, oh, man. I mean, you know, if you want, like, in Attitude Era, like, I don't remember Ahmed Johnson having a big run at the championship, did he? Like, I think that guy was so underrated. Um, you know, really big character, really big guy as well. And his moveset was incredible. 
Um, going back even further, cool. um, I don't know because all of my favourite guys really did have a good run, and I think WWF back then, obviously WWE, like was such a different place. You know, you were given a chance. And it was up to you to take it. Do you know what I mean? Like, whereas now there are a lot of favourites, and um, I feel these days there's certainly a lot of people that didn't get enough eyes. I mean, EC3 who recently got released, how that guy was never in a title um, picture just baffles me. Um, and you know, you look at like Diana Perazzo as well, who's recently mm-hmm. gone to Impact. Yeah. I mean, again, she could have easily led that women's division in the next couple of years or for the next few years at least. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think more so if you're talking about now, there's certainly a lot more names than there was back in the olden days. That's cool. That's cool. Right, I want to now go into how the origins of you being a broadcaster and in broadcasting. So, obviously, I want to go oh, way oh back. God. Where did you Where did your degree come from? Which university were you learning? Right. Okay. So, so this is where the story gets a little bit interesting. So, um, I remember wanting to get into radio. I used to listen to this radio show on Kerrang Radio called Tim Shaw's Asylum, um, which was the most listened to nighttime show in the country. Uh, even rivaled ratings of then Chris Moore's on Radio One in the mornings and things like that. Ratings were very similar. And I really wanted to get into radio because it, it just this show was so audacious. It was very adult, um, a lot of pranks, a lot of prank calls, a lot of weird guests, unusual guests, but it was so funny and it just suited me as a person. So I thought, right, okay. Like I used to listen to this show religiously five nights a week. And I was like, right, how do I do this? So right, I, I studied media at my local college and... During this radio show, um, Tim Shaw used to announce on, on the air, like, you know, if anybody wants to come in and uh, and watch the show unfold, you know, get in touch, text us and, and this, that and the other. So I used to text the, you know, the studio number and go, yeah, I'd love to. And it was like a full-blown production, which you wouldn't believe because obviously you can't see anything that's happening on radio. It's, it's the presenters and a microphone. Um, but the way it all worked was just like this huge production. And I remember I used to go every Monday, I used to be the little guy just sitting in the corner watching it all unfold. And I was just like, man, this is a dream come true for me. And uh, I uh, didn't go over Christmas. I don't remember what I was doing. I think I was like working in retail, like a, a game or a HMV or something. And I uh, got a call in January from the producer of the show. And she was like, uh, you know, we need a new runner. We know that you know the show and you love the show. Obviously, you've been sat in. Would you be interested in doing it? I was like, holy shit. Like, you want me to come and work for, for you guys? And they're like, yeah. Like, So I went in, had the trial shift. Um, at first, like you can probably hear it now, there's a little bit of a brummy twang, but I used to be really thick accent brummy. Um, and Tim wasn't fond of me at first. Um and eventually the producer kept talking around Lucy. She was great. She taught me everything I, I, I know pretty much between her and Tim. And yeah, she fought my corner and I kept going back, kept going back. And in the end, I just, I, I got the job. And because it was so demanding, I was there five days, five days and nights a week. You know, I'd start at like two in the afternoon and not get home till 2 a.m. Um, I had to quit college. So um, my degree kind of went out the window I don't know if I regret that because I don't think I would change it now because that was my way into the business. And I got to work on the biggest nighttime show in the country where we won Sony Awards, New York Awards, uh, Arcava Awards, everything. And I got to live out a dream and get paid to do it. So I don't think I would have changed it. So I think I made the right decision. You put the hours in, but it was worth it. Oh, absolutely. You know. And... It, and, and a lot of people don't realise that for the, for about six months of that, I worked for free. So, and then, you know, in the end, got the contract, uh, which was very lucrative. And it was a, it was a great time, man. I had, I had a really good time. And, um, yeah, spent three and a half years at Krang. And it was one of the greatest times of my life. I would love that, love, love to do like a, 
a one night only of Karanga again. I think that would be awesome. I think that would be really cool. What What were some of the highlights in the three and a half years? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, I, 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 and I actually forgot about this uh, until recently. I was reminded. I actually interviewed Mick Foley live on Kerrang. Um, and it, Tim was meant to do the interview, but he knew nothing about wrestling. So, And he knew that I was a fan. So it was like, my character on there at the time was called Don Cole. There's a, there's a story behind that. I'll tell you that in a moment. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he, he, he was like, right, Don, so I need you to do this interview because I know nothing about wrestling. Um, and I was like, oh, who, who is it? And he's Mick, he's Mick Foley. I was like, what? I was like, dude, you could have like prepped me beforehand. Like I've got, when are we, when is he on? Like you've got about 40 minutes. Jesus, man. Like <laughs> what am I meant to do with this? So anyway, we did, we did the interview. Um, I have no idea where it is. Uh, uh, maybe Tim's got it on a hard drive somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it was just like, that's certainly one of them. Another one. So um, this is one that I recently shared on Twitter, actually. Um, so we used to get a lot of the indie wrestlers in as well because it started picking up in the UK a little bit. And um, I remember we had Rockstar Spud, which you may know as Drake Maverick, um, and Dave Mastiff come in, um, who was just called Bomber Dave, if I remember. Um, and I remember that uh, Tim was advocating for those guys, to, for me to take a bump live on air. Now, outside of the Crown Studios, he's just metal flooring. Um, but obviously, we have roaming mics and things like that. And uh, it was like, right, text in, you know, if you want, if you want to, you know, hear Donks take a bump uh, live on air. Dude, like two and a half thousand texts came in, all in favour of me taking a bump off Dave Mastiff onto metal flooring. Um, and so this happened. Uh, Don Charles was there as well. I think he was working for the promotion at the time. And anyway, so I was like, right, you know, what do you want me to do? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, nothing. He's like, you know, he told me how to take the bump because he's just basically just going to slam me. Um, and I thought he was going to be a bit gentle because we're on radio. No one can really see it. It'll be fine. Obviously, there's photographers there and everything. And uh, no, he went full, full flack, man. Like he, he, he gave me a full bump. <laughs> and, um, and what was worse is, is, is Don Charles helped me up. And he was like, are you feeling okay? He's like, that's what we, you know, he cut a bit of a promo. That's what we do. And um, I turned around and Dave picked me back up and slammed me again straight away. And I missed my next link because I was on the floor gasping for air. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, Dave, uh, for that. You know, and now he's killing it in NXT. So, uh, yeah, fair play to him. But, yeah, so that 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 is another another great moment. But, dude, there were so many. Yeah, um, man. I would be here forever. Absolutely, yeah. We'll have to. We'll um, talk about it. We'll talk about it another. Oh man, another episode 100%. down the line. I'm sure. I knew you'd have. Yeah, no, definitely. I knew you'd have a lot of stories. Just the length of time, length of length. Of, get your words out. Length of service you gave Karang. Yeah. I knew you'd have yeah. a lot to say, man. So. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I guess the only the only other standout one is when they gave me my own show. Um, you know, that was a real proud moment because I'd worked hard for that. Obviously, I'd been this, um, you know, worked my way up to being a assistant producer and on-air personality on this show um, and then was rewarded with my own show. So that was, again, that was phenomenal. So, yeah, uh, definitely a proud moment of mine. I'm going to scoot forward a bit now, Simon. Yeah. And it's, it's obviously, because I've done my research, you sent me some stuff to research, background, now, I read you were with the BBC for a while in a behind, behind the camera capacity and in front of the camera. So, how was your time in the BBC? How, how was that for you? Yeah, two very different experiences. So, um, the first time I was at BBC was for BBC WM as a, as a broadcast journalist. Um, and I was, I'd be working with, with Paul Franks, Caroline Martin, you know, the, the big shows in the Midlands. And, um, yeah, it was great. A lot of pressure, as you can probably imagine. Um, you know, it was, it is as demanding as people think. Uh, it's very long hours, but it's you're surrounded by great people, very intelligent people that know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, um, you know, as far as being a broadcast journalist, it was fantastic. Um, you know, and I definitely enjoyed my time there. 
Uh, don't think I'd probably go back um, behind the scenes at BBC. It's changed a lot over the years. Um, but I, you know, I hold what I did there as, you know, a real achievement. Um, but in front of the camera, yeah. Um, so that was, that was when I was in my acting phase. Uh, I took a break from radio and, and became an actor. Uh, a lot of BBC shows, so Doctors, Line of Duty, uh, Father Brown, um, by any means. Yeah, the list goes on. Um, Doctors was probably the one that I was more notably known for. I was on there for quite a while. Um, and yeah, you know, the BBC are great to work for. They're so much fun. And that show was so much fun to work for because it was very laid back. Um, you were given a lot of creative control. You know, you'd get your script and then you'd go back and forth. And I remember having this fight scene and it was one of my first times I'd been on Doctors because um, my character, Danny, was a bit of a, oh, how can I, it was a bit of a, bit of a loose cannon. You know, he was, uh, he was into drugs and, and naughty things, you know. Uh, so that was a character that, that I, I portrayed, played on the, on Doctors. And there was this scene in a shop uh, where I, the character was robbing the store and police had just turned up. So there's this big, big fight scene uh, between me and the officers. Um, and I remember still having my phone in my pocket and he wrestled me to the ground eventually. And I pulled my phone out of my pocket between turning takes and it was smashed. So anyway, I've got the third AD and I've just gone, Oh yeah, can you just have my phone? So we're doing the take again, you know, going around. And, um, she comes into me between another returning the cameras and um, she comes into me. She's like, Simon, Simon, you, you're okay. And I, and I was like, yeah, like what, what's the matter? She's like, your phone's broken. Being like so prideful because I'd just started this role. I was like, oh no, it's been like that for ages. <laughs> just like Bless brand you. new iPhone smashed. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was a great, great, uh, great experience working with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Simon, how how's the BBC? You said the BBC's changed. How how has it? What what the change has been? Um, well, obviously there was a lot of there was a lot of cuts a few years ago, which kind of tightened things up. So there's you know, you're already expected to wear many hats with the BBC. Um, but I feel like that's certainly given some of the guys a lot more pressure to work with. Um, and now I'm all down for, for pressure. I've built a career out of kind of being stuck under the thumb, I guess. Um, but it's one of those, I feel that, you know, my career is taking a different path this time. So, you know, at the moment, certainly. So, uh, you know, I'm happy where it's going and what I've worked on and what I continue to work on. Um, you know, the BBC was such a great thing for me. It did a lot for my career. Um, and it taught me a lot as a person as well. I changed a lot for the better after the BBC. Um, but I feel, you know, that my career is certainly moving on from that now. That's cool. That's cool, man. No, that's... Yeah, absolutely. Right, I'm going to get into wrestling now. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> how, <laughs> how did your role come about with TNT? How did that come to fruition? Um... So I started ring announcing for, you know, kind of like the, um, the smaller promotions, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the local community promotions. Um, being a wrestling fan anyway, you always want to do that. And because I've made a career out of interviewing and, you know, being on TV or radio, it was something that I'd always wondered about but had no idea how to explore. So when I go through the ring announcing, you start to make contacts. And one of them uh, was Johnny Storm, um, who's, yeah, he's, he's a great guy. And we, we, have a, we always have a good time talking and stuff. And, yeah, he kind of, like, just advised me on what to do and where to go and things like that. And it was one of those where I kind of knew Steve, uh, who's the production manager at TNT, because uh, we worked in the gaming industry together. And, uh, yeah, it was one of those kind of reached out, uh, reached out to several promotions. Um, and TNT got back to me and just everything about TNT appealed to me, you know, this really edgy, cool, um, you know, it's very unique, uh, promotion that has so many talented, 
not just wrestlers, but people working for them. And, uh, you know, I spoke to Jay Apter, um, you know, the, the owner of TNT, great guy, really intelligent, knows what he wants and how he wants it. And that I think that's why TNT has got so far in just such a short space of time. So, like, yeah, we had a chat and um, it just seemed the perfect fit. But he, uh, he literally dumped me in the deep end. So he dumped me. My first ever show was DOA. And, uh, oh, my God. Like, I just, uh, like, I had light tubes flying in my direction and everything. Um, but, you know, to be, to be dumped, I, I, I thrive under that sort of pressure, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, and it was good. Like, you know, Jay, Jay came up to me. He was, he was watching me interview Jack Jester. Um, and I can see him out the corner of my eye, but you know, you have to keep in that moment and stuff. And, and he came up to me and he just went, yeah, mate, he said, you're really good, aren't you? That's the <laughs> so background. That, right? so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's years of blood, sweat yeah. and tears. That is mate. Um, but yeah, so that, that was quite a nice moment. Um, and, and yeah, he, he, you know, I obviously did a good job and he's continued to have me back. So it's one of those where I've been really fortunate. I think TNT Extreme Wrestling's one of those promotions. I mean, their, their tagline is, you know, the best kept, uh, worst kept secret. You know, it is, you know, because they are the best kept secret. It's just TNT Extreme Wrestling is up there with the best promotions in the UK, in my opinion. And I'm not just saying that because I've worked for them now. It was certainly one that I knew about before I even went in. Um, you know, there's some great promotions out there. Fight Club Pro do incredible things. OTT are just in a league of their own. Um, but I think, you know, TNT are certainly in the same conversations. Absolutely. Without a I, shadow of a I want, I, want, I want to see some more barbed wire. That's what I want. <laughs> I love no, it. I can't, I, I'm missing it, dude. I'm missing doing barbed wire. And you know what? It's one of those shows as well that, I don't think TNT quite knew what to expect, and, and neither did I, to be honest. Um, so yeah, going into it, it was it was really cool. So yeah, sorry to interrupt you there, dude, but yeah, no, I'm missing it myself, man. No, what I wanted you to answer off the back of that—that's what I was after. Uh, I wanted Simon, yeah, yeah. Simon Hill's take on it, you know. So yeah, um, yeah. When when it was originally pitched to me that that that's what they wanted to do, besides kind of getting me in as a backstage interviewer. Um, they described it as, I think it was called High Voltage, um, that WWE used to do on a Saturday or Sunday morning, uh, where Kevin Kelly would recap, uh, you know, what's going on in the world of WWE. There'd be a couple of matches here and there as well. Um, and yeah, that, that was kind of like the, the whole concept of they just wanted to do their own spin on that kind of idea. So I was all in, obviously, because I was like, man, that's, that's really cool, because that's what I used to love watching. So being able to bring that content was just like, yeah, that's, that's a win-win. Um, and obviously all the interviews that we do backstage would be featured on there. Um, and it was, you know, I think, I think Jay would, would, you know, be happy to admit that it was a very steep learning curve for all of us involved on how to like approach it and how to like bring the best out of it. And, you know, each episode has, has gradually improved and we've added new things here and there. And, you know, I, I think when we come back, it's going to be the best it's ever been. So, like, uh, you know, there's there's ideas floating around, which I'm so excited, you know, to definitely kind of, you know, took into. But I think it's one of those, you know, you can't, I kind of do these interviews now backstage with, with barbed wire in mind on how we can connect with the audience more. And... I think that's what I've always taken pride in doing with what I do is you get a lot of people and you know this yourself, dude, you get a lot of people doing what we do for fame and I've never done it for that reason. Cause I'm not, you know, I, I, I live in, you know, a beautiful apartment in London, but I'm by nowhere near famous and never will be because I don't do it for fame. I do because I love what I do. So every link that I do is because I want to entertain people like yourself you know, nothing else. Uh, so that's why I love barbed wire because the reception and reaction that we've got has been phenomenal. Uh, people stopping us in the crowds and just, just to say that they love barbed wire. And I'm just like, man, that's, that's why I do it. That's why I love doing what I do. You and Angus, that was what a dynamic when you and Angus <laughs> were on camera together. I loved it because I wasn't expecting it. It, it came, it came up on social media 
I was like, what's this? I was like, this is, this is brilliant. <laughs> you, pair, you pair together, incredible. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a good lad, Angus. He's, um, so yeah, it was one of those ideas. I was like, do you know what? So we're bringing Barb White and we're doing the backstage interviews. Let's do a pre-show, man. Let, let's hype people up and get people excited and invested in the shows. And uh, I was like, who better? Let's, let's get Mike Angus in. And, uh, you know, he's, he, he, he was one of those at the start. He was kind of asking, like, how to approach it because of my broadcasting background. And obviously, he's, he's a ring announcer, so it's very different, you know. Um, but he, he, you know, he, he took to it like, like paint took to a wall, you know. He, he did so well, mate. He's, uh, he's very good at, you know, picking things up pretty quickly. His knowledge, man, I tell you, it's great. Oh, I like he's it. been around the business for a long time, though, hasn't he? It's just everything, you know, like, obviously, we're all watching it in the same era as kids. And just, you know, reminiscing and all, all the daft things. And he, it's, it's the comedy. He remembers a lot of the comedy times. Like, obviously, yeah. he'll, he'll recount um, some stuff I couldn't remember. And then it jogged my memory. And, uh, yeah, yeah, just, absolutely. Got to have a bit of comedy, yeah. Simon. Oh, mate, I, I Doink the Clown, mate. I used to love Doink the Clown. Like, <laughs> that, was, that, that kind of era where they had the comic book phase in WWE, I found actually hilarious. A lot of people didn't ro- really like it. But, yeah, man, like, that, that was great. I, I absolutely loved it. But, yeah, Angus is so knowledgeable for that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. it really is. It's that age-old question that we all ponder. Is wrestling fixed? This is Bill Apter, and my answer to that is... I didn't know it was broken. So many of you know me from my days back at the classic wrestling magazines, and a lot of you from OneWrestling.com and OneWrestlingVideo.com. But I always get questions about various things I did through the years to propel my career to where it is today as the world's most recognizable journalist in pro wrestling. What was my relationship with the McMahons? Was I the guy who started that feud between the actor, comedian Andy Kaufman and Jerry the King Lawler? What is Ric Flair really like? Who are my favorites? Well, all this and more answered in my book that you can get online or at your favorite book dealer called Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken. It's a great read, got great views, and hopefully you'll be picking it up soon too. So, the answer to Is Wrestling Fixed? You know it now. I didn't know it was broken. This is Bill Apter, and I'll see you at the matches. GTG, often imitated but never duplicated. We kind of broad at the shoulder, narrow at the hip. No other promotion. Give us any lip. We're the best of the best. The beast of the East. SOS, simply out of sight. GTG. What he said, good times go to you. I'm going to get into the podcast now. So obviously, the podcast was known as Gone Gold, yeah. And now it's yeah. keep, keep it keep it locked is what you're rebranding yeah. it as going forward. Absolutely. How how has it been? Who's been some of your favourite guests you've had on? Not saying that you're playing favourites, but <laughs> you've enjoyed. I'm sure you've enjoyed them all, but. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed them all for, for very different reasons. I mean, the rebrand came around because Keep It Locked is is quite synonymous with what I've done over the years. So, you know, hosting all the gaming shows and being on TV with, with the gaming side of things and the stage shows and things like that, that was kind of my saying as I would end every show and every episode. And then, yeah, with, with uh, Barb Wire, you know, I'll get people coming. I'm just, I'll be walking through the crowd during intermissions and people are going, oh, keep it locked. And I'll be like, okay. So yeah, it's stuck. So, you know, I've, I've got merch out there now uh, that says keep it locked. And I was like, do you know what? Like, Gone Gold is, is a great name, but it's more, it's, it's, it's well known more so for gaming because obviously when a game is finished, it's Gone Gold. Um, so I thought, right, okay for what we're doing with the wrestling thing, because of how much it's taken off, which is insane. Like the, everyone that listens and downloads my podcast, you guys are insane. Like I can only thank you. <laughs> You're absolutely mental. And I really appreciate it. But it's one of those where I was like, right. Okay. So I need a smart rebrand here. And I thought, keep it locked really suits firstly what I'm doing, but it also, it's very neutral in what you can do with the brand, you know, 
Um, and the new artwork is fantastic. I have to give a huge shout out to, to Lee Hunt, who worked very hard on that, that artwork and dealt with ridiculous requests from me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in terms of guests, dude, I mean, if you're going to go on the Gone Gold side, everyone was great. Candy Floss, um, I laughed so much with that girl. She was incredible. She was so bubbly, lively, very outgoing. Um, you know, it's very no holds barred with her. And um, yeah, I mean, as a person as well, Amy's great. She's so lovely and sweet and down to earth. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, that one stands out for me. Mecha Wolf, um, if, if, if I'm able to, if anyone hasn't listened to that episode, now I've, I've been fortunate enough to do a lot of interviews in my time you know, with very well-known bands, artists, actors, etc. But this interview in particular was one of the most intense interviews I've ever done because he was so honest. There was a lot going on in his career and has been going on, his, on in his career. Um, that that particular interview was so captivating. You know, he talks about that moment that the, the whole internet spoke about, you know, in 205 Live between him and Mustafa Ali. Uh, you know, Mecha Wolf got injured. Ali shooted some tweets at him that were that were pretty bad. You know, Mecha Wolf went back. And, um, yeah, it all blown up. And, um, you know, he was very honest about it. He, he even, you know, admitted where his wrongs were and things like that. But, again, there's there's many more stories in that episode. So I think... Those two stand out um, for very different reasons. Um, in terms of, you know, moving on to keep it locked, uh, Valkyrie is a sweetheart. She is incredible. Uh, A-Kid as well. Um, when we did that one, because obviously he was in Spain, uh, we had a chat beforehand, and he was just telling me about the Spanish, whether how Spain's been coping, he's back at the gym and things like that, and he really wants to come back to the UK. Uh, but yeah, he was great. Um, Millie McKenzie... Corvin, they've all been fantastic, dude. Um, yeah, so I, I could just I could name them all to be honest. I've I've enjoyed them all for very different reasons. I knew I knew you'd say them all. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't play favourites. You can't. You can't. You can't no, do it, mate. Can't. I tell you, it, no, that, that was cool, man. Quite an array, quite an array of guests as well. Yeah, yeah, very very different backgrounds, mate. Um, and I think that's what's been really cool about it as well, because. You know what it's like doing this. You wonder how the reception is going to be, don't you? Yeah. And, you know, how's the next episode going to be received and the next one and stuff like that. So it's been it's been interesting and it's been an eye-opener. And, and like I say, you know, I, I am so shocked at how the reception's been and how many numbers have been doing it. It's been insane. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just thank you for, for all the mental people that have taken the time to download uh, the episode and listen and watch and stuff. So yeah, man, it's been cool. Who would be if you had like a top three list and you could Ooh. get anybody now? There's no limits here. Who would be in your top three to come on the show? Who? Uh, Shawn Michaels for sure. Um, Chris Jericho. Uh, that man has stories for days. Um. Oh man, who else? Who else? There's so many. Um, maybe someone like AJ. Maybe, yeah, maybe AJ. I mean, again, that guy has been around every single promotion. Um, going, uh, you know, he even came to the UK for a, for a very short period, and you know, he's finished his career at the top. So. You know, well, finishing his career. I know he's in kind of uh, his champion at the moment, but it's just it's one of those where he's finishing his career, you know, at the best place for him. And I think he's had such a storied career. He's wrestled pretty much anyone and everyone. So I think that would be a real fascinating episode. If if it was one of those where you could sit down with some mics, a camera, you know, chat face to face, I think that would be such a cool interview. Oh, good, good answer. I could have said top five or top ten. I reckon you. Oh, I would have been going for ages, mate. Top twenty, <laughs> top twenty, top thirty, easy. I reckon. Yeah, easy. Oh, absolutely, man. We'd be here for hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> obviously, you've got your finger on the pulse with all of wrestling, and obviously, yeah. 
predominantly UK, the UK scene, you know it inside out and backwards, you know the guys, don't you? So if we say currently on the UK scene, this question will be a two-parter, I've just decided. In yeah, the UK yeah. scene currently, which guys do you think are destined for greatness that maybe haven't quite got there yet on the UK scene? Oh, um, certainly Big Guns Joe, uh, I think is phenomenal. Um, the guy has so much heart and desire and passion. Um, I think Millie McKenzie is just born to be a star. Um, you know, I know she she turned down an initial approach from WWE to go to Japan and now she's back. She's doing the, the indie scene and she's fantastic, a real talent. Um, Lizzie Evo, Giselle Shaw, um, there's so many, dude. Um, Tom Thelwell, you know, again, Tom Thelwell, I think, you know, the guy's 17 and he's doing all the stuff he's doing. Like, it's phenomenal. Um, and probably another one, uh, Lycos 2, Joe Nelson. Yeah, you know, he's already stepping in the ring with Ace Austin, um, you know, and all these big guys um, and, and just and taking them on and, and, you know, proving that already he can step in the ring with with these big names and hold his own. Uh, and again, that guy's 17. You've got to remember, he's only 17. So it's crazy that, you know, Tom Thelwell and Kid Like Us too, only 17, doing amazing things already. Lizzie Evo, 21. She's already doing amazing things in the North. And, and I think, you know, by next year, she'll branch out and she'll, you know, probably end up, you know, wrestling for the likes of FCP, Progress, and, and those sort of guys. Um, there's so many more names, dude, but I think those, th- those are definitely the ones that stand out for sure. Um, I, I do need to give a special mention to Clint Margera, you know, the king of death match in the UK. Um, I think he'll end up back at Japan very soon. Um, he's a good friend of mine. I really have a lot of respect and time for that guy. Um, and I think he will be the biggest thing deathmatch-wise to come out of the UK, for sure. Right, on the world level now, who, who on the world on. level is going to bear fruit, is going to take it to the next level, is going to become the Dom, the top man, bathed in gold, right. bathed in gold. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh, there's so many. Um... I don't know. I don't know. This you you put me on the spot with that one. Um, I think you have to kind of. I think what a lot of people don't look. I mean, so if you want to go for the women, um, I would say Miranda Alize. Um, she's just started doing stuff with Impact. She's at Crash. She's obviously in the May Young Classic. Um, she's a phenomenal athlete. Like you look at some of the stuff. Like she. She was training on a Twitter with Tessa Blanchard, uh, Mechawolf, um, uh, some of the other uh, Crash guys. And you just look how she moves. It's so fluent. So I definitely think she's got a huge, huge future. Um, I, I struggle with, WWE at the moment because there's a lot of guys there that need time that aren't getting it mm-hmm. um, but there's certainly some huge talent uh, on the women's front again I, I, for me dude I, I don't know if it's the same for yourself I love watching women's wrestling at the moment I think the, the absolute blood sweat and tears and, and passion they put into their matches is incredible I like I just think it's so so well I done Sorry to cut in. My match, WrestleMania weekend, Ripley, Ripley versus Flair was, yeah. my, was my match of the weekend. Just going off what you're saying about the women, yeah, that's not absolutely. me just firing that in. There was great yeah. matches all weekend. Boneyard was amazing. Firefly, yeah. Funhouse, amazing. But Rhea and Charlotte, for me, was the match of the weekend. Sorry, I cut in. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't, don't, I completely agree. Um and, you know, that, that first ever time as well um, at WrestleMania when the triple threat, Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha. I was there was for Sasha? that one. Yeah, yeah. That, that match was a show stealer. Yeah. Absolute show stealer. 
Um, so yeah, um, I'm trying to think of the guys. I mean, Adam Cole, I think, speaks for himself. Um, that guy is just, he is the next Shawn Michaels, isn't he? Um, he is just an unbelievable talent. People, uh, you know, obviously they're saying about how many days he's had the title. There's so many detractors. You know, for the, for the most part, for the most part, everyone's behind the lab. I've seen a lot yeah. of neg- I've seen a lot of negative about him. You know, um, old old time fans that have just seen a photo but have not actually seen what he can do. Uh, you yeah. know, um, yeah. I won't have it. I try and stay away from the comments, but people were knocking him. I was like, you haven't seen him wrestle. You haven't seen what he's about as a. As a performer, yeah, yeah, he's he's got the full package though, dude. He can talk on the mic. He yeah. looks great. He's yeah. great in the ring. Um, yeah, a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete that I think we're going to be, we're going to have the pleasure of you know having around for a very long time. Uh, so I certainly think him. If, if you want to go a little bit younger, I'm, I'm I'm surprised Tyler Bate hasn't you know gone further so it's, far. Still I'm, only twenty three. Yeah. All that, all that with the UK tournament so early on. I, I, I feel you because he's, oh, he's incredible. Ela, he is. Ela, he is. Dragonov as well, but obviously he's a bit, oh. you know, he's not been there as long as he. But you know, no. I, I feel you on the Tyler Bate one. He should be. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would already be putting if it was me, you know, because obviously Devlin's moved on now to NXT. Um, I think Tyler should. Definitely 110% be following him without a shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, Tyler's worthy of a title shot for me. Uh, you know, the guy's a freak of nature. I mean, if you imagine a match between him and Will Ospreay now, these days, I mean, that that would be... I, I would pay 20 quid for that, you know? Easy. Like, you're just phenomenal. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think those... It's a very sporadic, broken-up list, um, but I think those are the guys, certainly, that I think are going to carry the future for for world, the world of wrestling at the moment. Um, but I'll tell you what, dude, you know, I haven't really mentioned them. I'm really enjoying AEW at the moment. Absolutely. I'm really enjoying it so much. Um, and again, I think what they're doing that's so cool is they're bringing in the local talent for wherever they are and stuff uh, to wrestle some of their, their bigger names. And, and I think that's really cool because it's giving them exposure. I mean, and then you look, they brought in Christy Janes, who... You know, she was just a local talent, but she's been on AEW Dark for like four weeks now. Um, you know, by the time this is recorded, anyway, and and she's again phenomenal in the ring. Um, so yeah, I think you know the stories that they're creating. It, it feels a lot like WCW of, of old. You know, it really does. Uh, which I think, you know, I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it's certainly what why I think I've been so hooked on it. And and Tony Schiavone back on the mic. That guy was my childhood and knows my adulthood. Right. It's just incredible. <laughs> Him and JR together. It's the perfect matchup, dude. Do you know, do you know what? You know what was cool? Obviously, they weren't flying JR in, were they, for a while? When it, no, no. When it was Shivani, Shivani and Jericho doing commentary. It was yeah. absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Like, it's so, uh, it's, Jericho will turn his hand to anything. We know that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. just the back and forth. And then when Jericho was moaning about Aubrey Edwards... Officiating and all <laughs> that little, little things. Oh. Yeah, no, Jericho is gold. He He's a rare talent, I feel. Not just in wrestling, but just in general. I mean, he, his band is phenomenal. And um, uh, yeah, and then you go into his wrestling, his acting, his interviewing, his commentating. He can do it all. Just remember with Fozzie, it was all covers originally. And then... It was. Got yeah. to like, yeah. really, I, I obviously listened to stuff prior, but it, Edge, Edge said this as well on Jericho's DVD years ago, Chasing the Grail, when they released that, and the tracks on it, and he said it'll go pound for pound with anything in rock. And like, he was right. He was right. Yeah, he was right. Spot on. Great album. Yeah, he was. All the Brilliant albums, album. they've all had something different. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! It was it was fantastic. I was very lucky to to meet Jericho backstage. I worked at Download Festival um, a few years back, and uh, yeah, I could you know, just walking past him. And there's a story. I was watching Alterbridge. I was standing on stage watching Alterbridge. Uh, one of the most incredible moments of my life, Stu. This was um, so because I was working. I was lucky enough to be on stage. So to the left of me was Jericho and Michael Starr of Steel Panther. To the right of me was Liv Tyler. 
And um, so I've said hello to Jericho. We're chatting just a little bit. Not, not, nothing too, too major. And um, anyway, me and Liv Tyler are taking a photo at the same time during our favourite song, Blackbird. And uh, she says, oh, I always get so emotional during this song. And I'm like, yeah, me too, as I'm trying to hold tears back. And, um, and anyway, she, I was just like, I said, you know, I kind of started expressing then. I just can't believe I'm standing on stage and watching my favorite band surrounded by all these amazing people. This is incredible. And um, I'm really, co- now, I'll be honest, mate, I'm very confident with women. And I've always, you know, I've always been able to talk and be quite, you know, outgoing with, with the ladies. And Liv Tyler hugged me. I wasn't expecting it. And I just went, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, my. She was like, that's so sweet. And then hugged me. I was just like, oh, yeah, thanks. You're a bit flustered, <laughs> I just, Simon. I did, mate. I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, but yeah, so that, that that was a moment, mate, that I will never forget, just being able to have that moment with the likes of Jericho, Liv Tyler, Michael Starr, just watching my favourite band, you know, two metres away. It was phenomenal. So, um, but yeah, he's, he's a lovely guy as well. Uh, Jericho, very, very nice guy. I saw, I went to see Fozzy years ago up in uh, oh, yeah. Wrexham. So it's only like 45 minutes away, Wrexham, from here. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, do you know what? I thought the place was going to be packed. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, half full, half full probably. But then... Oh, right, okay. They did, they did Chester Live Rooms a couple of years ago at a big, big yeah. venue and it sold out. I was just surprised. Um, it was off the back of Chasing the Grail. So 2010 yeah. time, half oh, they moved the stage forward and everything. I was shocked. Wow. I was shocked because that wow. venue, that venue was always sold out. Um, I don't know what yeah. I don't know what the problem was. Great night. I, yeah, no, I can imagine. I mean, maybe it was just. I mean, Fuzzy are very big in obviously Canada and America, aren't they? I, like, I, I do feel that they get some exposure over here, but not as much as they probably deserve. No. So it could be that really. Yeah, who knows? People know Jericho more for his wrestling, don't they? So that's it, man. There was a guy yeah. with a there was a guy with a Y two J ice hockey jersey at the front going ballistic. That was quite funny. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. I can imagine. There we go. I can imagine. Simon, mind you, Jericho did give me one of the biggest. I I had one of the biggest pops ever watching wrestling, uh, and it was Jericho. Is when he turned up for the first time on WWE, and he did the whole the countdown clock. Facing backwards, and I was just yeah. I think I was very young, but I remember jumping out of my seat screaming. <laughs> WCW all over that, just didn't oh, do with mate. people. That guy no. when he was cutting when he was cutting all the promos at the at the uh, White House, gold. Yeah, yeah, perfect, mate. Absolutely perfect. Why the hell? And, and for me, WC, I, I loved WCW to a point, but then you yeah. do look back these days, and you go. How did you mess that up? <laughs> you know, like you know, there there were, there were a few times, mate, where WCW could still be alive now. To be honest, if if it was in better hands or a bit more organised, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Absolutely right, Simon. I've got a question here. What are your yeah. tips for budding broadcasters, people that want to go into the industry of broadcasting? So I, I get asked this quite quite a bit, actually. Um, one thing I always say is you you get out what you put in, you know. So whether it's, you know, your girlfriend having a moan or whatever because you're spending 14 hours doing your work, sometimes that needs to be the case in this industry. Another thing is is what I would say is, you know, there's always room for improvement. No one is ever the finished product. Research is your is your biggest tool in this industry. Like I still today watch all of my, all of the people that have influenced me over the years. I still watch the people that, you know, I'm not particularly interested in, but they're doing really good things. You know, that they're very good at their jobs because it helps me be a better person. It helps me put a twist on what I want to do and evolve my, you know, personality and just be a good person. And yeah, I guess the other the other piece of advice um, is is stay true, stay stay true to yourself. Um, it's a very difficult industry, but if you put the work in and you're honest and you want to learn, people will help you. Um, 
and practice, practice, practice. If you're around the house on your own, get your phone, record a load of stuff, learn from it. I still do demos, dude, like for radio now. Like, And I've been in it what, 13 years. And I still do demos and listen back and go, oh, man, need to change that. You know, there's always room for improvement. So always practice, be honest and true to yourself. And if you want to succeed in it, you know, you will get there if you put the work in. Sound sound advice for a man yeah, who's been <laughs> for a man who's been doing it for many years and you know what I mean, you've worked you've worked for some big companies along the way. So yeah, testament it's been, to it's you been a you. tough journey, mate. Testament to you and you once in it, mate. That's... Yeah, no, I appreciate that, dude. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's it's been hard work, dude. There's been there's been a lot of tears along the way and uh, a lot of harsh lessons that I've learned along the way as well, you know. Um People may not know that, you know, I had to leave Kerrang in the end by, by my own doing. Um, but, you know, it opened other doors and there's no there's no bad blood or anything like that. You know, I still speak to a lot of the guys. But it's one of those, mate, where you, you as long as you learn from your mistakes, you will always be okay. You know, and uh, it's been, you know, I still get moaned at by family, friends, the other half that, you know, I spend too much time working. but. That's who I am, dude. So I have been since I was 19 years old, and I think I'll continue to be that way because it's. I just have a love, passion, desire for this business. That's cool. I'm gonna in this bit of a closing question. This I came up with this one. You put. You might have been yeah. asked. You might have been asked recently. I'm gonna ask anyway. Uh, what, what have you been watching on the box? Netflix, Sky, Prime, you yeah. name it, which isn't wrestling related. What What have you liked watching during lockdown? I'll be honest. So I've been binging a lot of Disney, (laughs) a lot of Disney plus, um, you know, the fact that it's got all 34 or 36 seasons of the Simpsons on there is a great bonus. Um, but yeah, I, I love documentary. So I watched the Walt Disney documentary. Um, if you haven't watched whoever's watching this, if you haven't watched that yet, uh, I think it's called the Imagineering after you've watched this podcast, Go and watch it. It's phenomenal. Walt Disney worked until the day he he passed away. He never got to see his ultimate dream, which was Florida. Um, But wow, just just what Disney has done for this world, some people don't realize. It's incredible. Um, So that, um, yeah, like I said, I I do like a lot of my documentaries, a lot of the whole um, crime documentaries and things like that. So there's a lot of good watches around. on Netflix, a lot of the new stuff is very, very captivating. I don't want to kind of put names because it's very, um, some of it's quite disturbing subjects for some. But yeah, some of the new stuff on Netflix, people will understand, um, is very captivating, eye-opening, uh, very upsetting in some ways. But um, yeah, just, just, yeah, just, just watching a lot of, lot of stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Disney, dude. I mean, there's so much good stuff on there. Have you had the Mighty Ducks on? Oh, mate. So please, the first day... Please tell me. Day, I have. I yes, have come on, Simon, lad. The, uh, the first day Disney Plus came, went live in the UK, I had DuckTales, yeah. Mighty Ducks, yeah. and um, oh, That's So Raven. That's So Raven, yeah. Remember it well. Yeah, yeah. yeah those, those were my first three shows that I watched. And uh, I was just like, man, this is such a throwback. You can't do the Mighty Ducks as my childhood. Like, I, I, I never had an interest in ice hockey really as a kid, but I had, you know, I had the full gear because of the Mighty Ducks. So it's good, man. It was good. It's good to relive that nostalgia again. Simon, I want you to plug all your socials, merchandise. Where, where the podcast is as well, just plug everything as a whole, where, we, where they can find you, the viewers, the listeners. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you, mate. Appreciate that. Really appreciate that. So, um, yeah, on social, I, I'm mainly a bit of a, a Twitter nerd, to be honest. I love Twitter. Uh, Simon H. Official. Um, actually, everything Simon H. Official. Uh, Instagram, Facebook pages. Uh, yeah, the works, mate. Twitter's obviously the big one. Uh, merch. Um, I do have my own merch. There's uh, which you can find on Pins and Knuckles Wrestling. Um, you know what's really cool about that? So they 
they were so, I was so overwhelmed that they asked me, they, they wanted to interview me when they added me to their page. They made my own section of just presenters and I'm the only one there at the moment. So you need to get on there, Stu. Um, <laughs> Uh, which was just, I was just like, the effort that people go, you know, and lengths they go for you yeah. is just so humbling. Uh, so, yeah, um, yeah, Pins and Knuckles Wrestling merch is on there. Um, what else have I got? Yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I do that, don't I? I forgot about that. Uh, YouTube, <laughs> I have, mate, yeah. So, yeah, it's called Keep It Locked with Simon Hill. Obviously, it was previously Gone Gold. All episodes are still on there, the Gone Gold ones as well as the new ones. Um, that's on YouTube. Uh, that is on Turnbuckle TV, uh, where you can watch your favourite wrestlers just like this. Uh, you can watch your favourite wrestlers kind of in the moment, all those facial expressions and their lovely, beautiful faces. Um, if you don't have time to just sit there on YouTube and Turnbuckle TV, you can listen to it on iTunes, Spotify. I mean, all the other streaming services, TuneIn and Podcatcher and all that sort of, sort of stuff and Deezer and Stitcher. It's available on everything. Uh, so yeah, keep it locked with Simon Hill podcast absolutely everywhere. Uh, apart from that, that's me, dude. That's just me in a nutshell, really. That's cool. That's cool. Right. My guest this afternoon on Stu's Wrestling Podcast, the host of Keep It Locked with Simon Hill and the host of TNT Bar Wire, Mr. Simon Hill. Thank you for coming Thanks. on today, fella. I really appreciate it, man. This has been so much fun, dude. Really, really has. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate your time. A big thank you to Stephen Ash and Ed Dowling for producing the track. It's Stu's Wrestling Podcast, The Theme. So thank you very much for that, lads. Much appreciated. Love it. It fits really well, so cheers. Thanks to you. Big thank you to Mike Angus for the show intro, as always. Superb, superb. Chris Dutton, thank you very much for editing once again. Appreciate it, buddy. And also to Lee, who does my website. Lee puts the stuff up on the website. Without you guys, I'd be screwed. So once again, as always, appreciate everything you do for me and the time you spend doing the things you do for me. It means a lot, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.